pleased to be asked to preach. Um, it's always been one of those things that uh, I understood. We don't have to ask to do it because, well, that's what we're here for. And so I'm always pleased to be able to, to share um, with students and faculty and colleagues um, in this chapel. So I've decided this morning that I'm going to preach on joy. Uh, thus, some of the songs have the theme of joy. Um, I chose it for a couple of reasons. Well, one is that it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, which is uh, the, the parameters that we're working with. The other one is, um, over the Christmas uh, period in our congregation, I preached on the, uh, the theme of joy for Advent. And so I thought, well, that's an easy way to do a sermon <laughs> chapel. Technology has not, however, been as nice to me. Um, joy. When you think of the word joy, what do you think of? What comes to your mind? I know that um, in the church there are many ways in which we think about happiness and joy and blessedness. Um, I don't associate joy with happy. Um, nor do I uh, associate in the Beatitudes the, the word there. I don't associate that either with happiness. But there are some specific words in the Old Testament and the New Testament that um, convey to us the sense of joy. We sang the joy of the Lord is our strength, coming from one of the uh, books of Chronicles. What does that mean? When Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, he's saying have joy. Um, is he saying midst of persecution, in the midst of a downtrodden life, be happy. <coughs> Get that smile on your face. Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> no. Not in my understanding of what joy is. The passages that were read today are passages that I picked for my sermon in, uh, at our church in Canaan. And there are a couple of things that I want to point out. First of all, when I was doing this sermon, it was Advent, so you obviously have to preach on something uh, from the Advent stories. So I was looking through and I looked in the Gospels for the word joy, where it's found in those particular accounts. And in the account of the shepherds, when they come, they're called by the, the angels and they go to the, uh, to the stable where Jesus has been born, see and then they leave and it says that as they go they go with great joy they have met the savior of the world they have seen this child whom the angels announced to them as the one that many had longed for and as they leave they among the lowest of society, because, well, shepherds had a very bad reputation. Not only were they thieves and things like that, they had that reputation. They also stunk really bad uh, because they slept out in the fields with the sheep. I talked about that one time in St. Andrews, Scotland, and there was a fellow there from uh, Europe, one of the uh, European countries, and he came up to me afterwards and he says, yeah, he says, we still have shepherds that stay in the fields with their sheep at night and they stink. 
<laughs> well, they were the lowest, among the lowest in their society, but the angels come to them, just as at the tomb. The angels come, and Jesus announces to the women, others who are outcasts or outsiders to the influence. And as they leave, they leave with great joy. Well, I thought, as I looked at that passage, I wonder what other places in the Gospel of Luke have the phrase great joy. A number of times joy is used in the Gospel of Luke, but it's not until those final phrases when the disciples, having been with Jesus, they've now experienced him in his resurrected state. Um, he has taught them. They have fellowshiped with him. And now he ascends, he's gone, and they depart, and they return with great joy. The Gospel of Luke begins with the Annunciation of Jesus. Those who hear it, they leave with great joy. When Jesus, now Savior, resurrected, leaves them, they go back with great joy. I think in those two accounts we get the sense of what joy is, real joy. It's a sense we also get from the passage in the book of Isaiah. If you read through that passage again at your leisure, you'll see there that there's a lot of references to joy and rejoicing. And that joy and that rejoicing belongs to the redeemed. Those who have been ransomed. Those who have been brought back. Joy in scriptures has to do with our relationship with God, not the circumstances of our lives. It has to do with us being rooted in that sense that no matter what happens to me, God is mine. I am God's. I am safe in the hands of Jesus. No matter what comes, that is mine. And there's a deep sense of rootedness in that. So that even in the midst of the worst events in life, at the precipice of death, we can still say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Because no matter what happens to me, I am his and he is mine. In this life, in another life, whatever it is, I experience. This sense of joy, I want to show a couple of things. I want to show a it's an advertisement from Germany. And there was some dispute about this advertisement. It's a recent one, just this Christmas. And it's a, uh, an advertisement that, as you'll see, um, very dirty trick is played, but you'll get the sense of what's going on with it. There are subtitles, so you know that.
of joy. I have some pictures I want to show you. You've probably seen some of these. Now, this is where the technology was not kind to me, and I have no understanding why I did this, so Danny, I'm going to have to help me after. Um, that keynote right there simply doesn't work. Um, I'll try it one more time. Yeah. I did save it. Alas. Okay, so. Um, Some for four years. Um, I cannot imagine life like that. It's no wonder that such people um, opt to leave and head to other places. seen pictures from um, World Vision of the people going and helping them as they get off these boats. And I cannot imagine being a parent, a father, a mother, arriving in a situation like that and what do I do when I get there? This is um, probably the one I had the hardest time talking just look at that. They've just gotten off the boat. Look at that mother's face. Now in that, I see not only, oh, thank you, God, that we did not die. I see also, she would be praying to Allah, but thank you, God, that we have made it here. There is in her face also joy. That joy, that sense of absolute relief that they did not drown. They were not among them. And her baby in her arms is safe. One of the more famous ones was of this fellow. small man, looks like a tough man, um, he's a tradesman, and uh, they're getting off the boat. Um, that's not a face of, um, wow, we've got a great economic prospect coming ahead. That's, oh, the relief of not having drowned. My children, we're all here, my wife. They followed them up a few weeks later, or a few months later, they're in a place in Germany. His wife who teaches English, him who is a tradesman, look at the joy on their faces. 
that which is rooted in Christ, not rooted in being saved in something from something in this life, although we too would be greatly joyed to be uh, saved from uh, what many have died from, drowning with family, children, some of them, not all of them, horrible. We too would be filled with joy, but our real joy the joy that sustains us as Christians, the joy that will sustain you in the midst of tough ministry situations, tough service, tough personal situations, the joy that sustains us, that sustains me, is that joy, that sense of knowing that there's not a thing in life that can come my way that can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I do not have the photos. But maybe you've also seen or heard about the Christians in Syria, in Iraq, in other places who have been killed by ISIS in gruesome ways. Why would they die? Because they would not recant Christ. Those people in liturgical churches that we would think were dead, their commitment to Christ is strong enough that in the face of of horrible knives, slow agonizing deaths. They would not recant Christ. They would not pray to Allah. They would not convert and they would die. You cannot say that they died happy, although some of them, we are told, died singing praises to God. But in that death, agonizing, quick, however it happened, their rootedness is clearly in their understanding that there's nothing in this life that can harm me because I am in Christ and he is mine. The joy of the Lord is my strength and my place in Christ is that joy. The fruit of the Spirit is joy and that is ours because the Spirit helps us to experience what it is that is ours in Christ. You will face difficult times. Some of you already have. You're going to face difficult times in ministry. Um, from time to time, things go wrong in churches, don't they, Harry? <laughs> he may have seen a few of these times, the leader of denomination. Um, things can go bad. Things go really bad. And it's tough at that time to remember who you are, to remember, is this all worth it? Whatever we do for Christ is worth it. And if we keep that rootedness, we'll keep our perspective. And we will not let the things of this life get us. I pray for you and for me. Whatever it is that we're in, whatever we're facing, whatever our future, whatever our present, we will not forget that joy that is ours in the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious Father, for your love for us that saves us, even when we were sinners, that Christ came to be with us. Father, for that we thank you. And I pray for each of us that 
from that first introduction to Christ when we left with great joy to our final days when we meet him who parted and gave great joy that we would understand our place in you that we would be able to grasp and hold on to and understand and be rooted in you and understand that joy that is ours help us Father to do that that we might be firmly rooted that we might be rejoicing in everything we do and bringing glory to you through Jesus Christ our Lord